I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. And that little girl was me. good people this your girl dr matthews the accountability specialist then we have ace boom coon co-host mr <laughs> wendell king the second who is a communication and political specialist and we are here tonight because baby we got tea on top of tea honey oh it's just a bit much what is going on wendell come on tea on top of tea <laughs> Well, first of all, honey, let me just go and let's just get this thing started. Let's talk about Chief Acevedo, bitch ass. That's who I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what has happened is that he's no longer here in the city of Houston. So let me give my bye, bitch fan. Bye. Bye, bitch. Bye, bye. And I got some tea dealing with that. First of all, he's going to Miami for a position that he did not apply for because I got the tea from political activists that's in Miami. We've been sharing notes. He didn't apply for the position. It was an African-American woman who applied for that position who was twice as qualified, and she was overlooked as well as other Hispanics that were overlooked on Sunday night when they found out they were sideswiped, okay? So let's just give the real tea as to why he didn't... Is he be, so is he going to be chief of police in Miami? Yes, he took a lateral position. And let me and let me go ahead and give you this tea, why, why this piece of shit did that. First of all, I don't know, do you remember about the Harding Street Raid family have filed a lawsuit back in January 27th, 2021? Yeah. What month is this? We're in March. Hmm. Two months? You the sky the fuck up after that lawsuit that went down? That implicated your bitch ass? Hmm. Wow. See, I didn't know that he um, accepted a job in Miami as chief of police. That is interesting. And then I got calls from people in Miami because they wanted to know who this man is. Right. So th this is why it's very important to know who's coming to your city, because we really didn't know who Acevedo was at first no. until 
we turned around and he started doing some questionable activities to the fact where we had to pull his information for us yeah. to see who he really was. Okay, use a freak a leak. So that's that you ass him up out of California. Then you turn around going to Austin with the same bullshit and them people wanted your ass going in Austin. Then you went on the city floor talking racist shit saying that it's better for a woman to be raped and go through counseling and deal with it than to have a gun. Oh, all that's on YouTube in his direct words. So I'm going to say this. Um, Chief Acevedo, you got your ass up out there dancing, but don't get too comfortable in Miami because when that shit hit the fan with that damn lawsuit, they going to ricochet that ass right back here. <laughs> Dr. Matthews. <laughs> I wanted his head on a stick ever since I, I just seen, you know, he has this this sinister um it's 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 a how can I explain this with this guy? Um he's a sociopath. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like trying to be something that you're not. Okay. And so when you get a sister to start digging on your ass and it's to the point where we're more or less like mm -hmm, you ain't who you say you are and so we're gonna call you out we've done several press conferences on this fool demanding for him to resign and he refused to resign but all of a sudden when that lawsuit come out that reads like the script of training day and then less than you went through all black history month and then now you gonna bounce and get the fuck out of here oh so it took for that lawsuit to get your ass up out of here. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the thing is he's gone, but not forgotten because he will be back again because he's going to have to deal with several, several issues of the past during his tenure as chief of police. And, Houston, and he knew that his goal was to run for mayor of Houston, and he knew that that was not going to work. So we, we um, both out. he was smart to get out. Well, we bust this hustle up for that, baby, because, baby, I had all the tea that I was going to go to all the six club. I was going to go rogue. I was going to not even be attached to the coalition. And I was coming for his neck by myself. Well. How much I wanted his ass. Child. <laughs> Come on, blinkers. Okay. So, now let's, now look. I'm done talking about this bitch. I'm done with him. Hey, this is Truth to Power Uncut. We just keeping it real, y'all. Sorry. So, Kirk Franklin. Oh, wait. Before we get into him, make sure y'all are share, 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 and liking our page on all major podcast um, platforms, including Spotify, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, a lot of stuff, Apple, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Catch, catch us everywhere. Make sure you share, 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 like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And back to you, Dr. Matthews. <laughs> well, let's get on Kirk Franklin, okay? Because I'm just going to be straight up. Kirk Franklin's son, very disrespectful. I'm just going based on my, my opinion. Yeah. The son was very disrespectful. I heard the audio recording. And sometimes you got to let these kids know who the parent around here. Because now, 
Kirk Franklin got out of character because he felt that he was disrespected because this is somebody that you done brought into this world. And I'm like, remember on the Bill Cosby show, I brought you in this world and I take you out. That's kind of the mindset. He had to kind of let him know, like, look, little boy, don't, don't get it twisted, bitch. I'll fuck your ass up. Don't get it twisted. So, you know, every now and then you got to kind of let your kids know who the parent is because if not, you remember that old saying, when you play with a dog, get a lick in your mouth? That's kind of <laughs> my opinion with that because ain't no way in hell I'm going to be disrespectful to Doris because Doris going to pull up on your ass. She one of them, okay? Yeah. And don't give a damn where you at. So, but <laughs> I grew up in that old regime to where you're not going to be disrespectful to no adult that's, you know, an elder because, baby, they all about to pull up on you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then the way how he recorded his dad and it, it, it was, to me, it was just, little boy, you, you, somebody needs to go on here and go tighten your ass up. Let me go get my grandma so she come tighten your ass up. Yeah. That sweet girl stay free and tighten your ass up. Well, I guess I, I do have a different point of view on it, but I do agree with you because I was raised the same way as far as respect to elders. But I'm also respect to those that are due respect. Um, and I'm not I'm not gonna make this about my daddy issues, but I had a daddy that um that cared for others much more than he cared for me. Um, and and he was very disrespectful to my mother when it came to me, and he was disrespectful to me. So for someone to expect for me, because it was expected of me, to treat my dad as though he was perfect in all thine ways when he did absolutely nothing for me um, but damage me. So I think that toxic masculinity is important, especially when it's bathed in the Napoleon complex like Kirk Franklin. So I think that we have to remember that he's dealing with the little man syndrome. He's dealing with his um, he's dealing with his more sensual approach to fashion. So he's always a man that is fighting to show masculinity in so many different ways. So I think that it is more important that we question why is it we haven't seen his son that is now 33 since he was 12 years old on the cover of Jet Magazine with Kirk Franklin and his new family. I think that that is important to question why this boy felt like he needed to record his daddy. Obviously, this was not the first time it happened for him no. to, to record it. So I, I definitely agree. So with Kirk Franklin being a man of of a of a of a of a gospel or Christian background, maybe he felt like they would never believe me if I said he did these things. But you so, gotta understand too, though. But you gotta understand too. We all human, right? Okay, and at the end of the day, just because you praising Jesus on Sunday don't mean you don't cuss a bitch out on Saturday. It doesn't mean it, but this is where toxic masculinity comes in place, and the, and patriarchy is still so, so relevant. If, if Kirk Franklin was Kim Franklin and had done that to her daughter, she would be crucified right now. The reality is Kim Burrell was probably the 1,018th preacher to say something about gay men and women but she was the only one to lose her entire career behind it 
So we have to acknowledge the patriarchy in it. We have to acknowledge the toxic behavior that we have systemically became conditioned to be a part of, especially our black women. We See, live in a world of protect our black men at all costs. Well, his son is a black man that is not being protected in this moment because we have vilified his son rather than us trying to figure out why his son is lashing out this way we have literally vilified him because we have to protect Kirk Franklin but Kirk Franklin was the same you know I wasn't looking as protecting Kirk Franklin I was looking as from when I saw that video that little boy was disrespectful and yeah, he but, had but he was 33 years old where has he been since 12 years old because a lot of people forget that a lot of men especially men when they remarry and get another family they are quick to forget about the family they already had so nobody is questioning where this child been why is he so angry what has happened in his life to make him I this have a question. see uh -huh. i didn't know that kirk franklin had remarried so Okay, so was this, let me make sure, is this the same wife that he was with when he was looking at the porn magazine? Uh -huh. Driving 10 miles to go throw it in the trash to go uh -huh. back and look at it again? Uh-huh. Is that that little boy's mom? Yeah, that's his mommy. That's the one when, when Kirk Franklin sat on Oprah's stage and cried about his addiction to porn and the same black women that are protecting him now, the same ones that was protecting him then, that was saying that he's human. He's human. Well, black women are human, but they're not allowed to make these mistakes. They're expected to wear S on their chest. The reality is he is a man that is living a life saying that I am in a position to tell you how to live a life of correctness. So if I am in a position to tell you how to live a life of correctness, I should be set to a standard. I remember Dr. Goodluck was just talking earlier and Dr. Goodlock was talking about a few scriptures where pretty much it talked about how you're not supposed to provoke your children. Just because you are the parent does not give you the power to provoke them. It's like the, the way we look at provoked him. But it's like, no, it's the way we look at the promises. So, no, he threatened him. Kirk Franklin threatened him. See, he threatened are, him after the little boy got disrespected. But let me tell you something. As a grown-ass man... I don't care how disrespectful you feel I am. You don't have the right to tell me you're going to put your hands on me in any way. And you damn sure don't have the right to put your hands on me, especially if you were not a father in my life, just on my birth certificate. Well, see, especially if you remarried. Yeah, and you, you said that part, Wendell, I can uh -huh. agree with you with that. But what I am going to say is this right here, because I'm a mother and I be damned. I let any one of my kids that I had to lay in labor for to bring into this world think you gonna come in here and talk shit to me because but I'm a you didn't but you didn't just lay in labor. You are still laboring for those kids. So yeah. that's why they can't do it because you are still in labor yeah, for that's them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You are still different. taking care of them. But yeah. I remember yesterday, Kirk Franklin's daughter, I think she's 17. From this, from his new wife, she went on Twitter calling the boy all kind of crackheads and this and that. And the first thing I said was, "This is a great, this is a great example of what this boy has had to endure." Because this girl, normally a sister and a brother would stick together no matter what, but she lashed out with show that she has no relationship with him in real life.
And then she was calling him crackheads. She was saying he was a bomb. She was saying he was a dummy. He was broke. He was poor. Like she was being extremely nasty and vulgar. Kirk Franklin ain't said a word about that behavior. See, so it's, why it's, it's always expected to say, I'm tired of giving Christians passes. I'm just going to say it. If you want to say that you are in a position to judge every damn body, be ready for your judgment. And the excuse cannot be that you are human because you don't give me that excuse. You don't allow me that justification of me being human. When I do something wrong, you judge it. So don't pull out judgy now when your ass is the one being judged. Well, okay, so what do you think about his apology that he that he got? I thought his apology was a, a load of bullshit. I preferred Kim Burrell's apology over his because Kim Burrell was real with hers. She was still being Kim. She was still being grand. She was still getting into it with the comment section because she was being authentic. Whereas he was being fake, trying to pull out some tears, and it worked. Because he is a man in the black community and it works but you know what i i felt that he shouldn't even have to apologize to be honest me personally i felt that he shouldn't have to because i'm not gonna apologize when i have to chastise my kids and i'm just being 100 with that i'm not gonna apologize y'all feel on this because i know y'all got some thoughts on this and i know i know that that my my views are skewed because of my own relationship with my father Right. So you understand that it is skewed, but my father was also not a Christian, right? He was right. not a Christian. But what I do know is that we have to get out of this thing of vilifying children that are lashing out as adults. Rather than us vilifying them, how about we try and figure out, either we take the time to find out what happened or leave it alone altogether. Like, don't judge you know, either side, stay out of it. But you know what, Wendell, you brought you brought the point point I would honestly say this too, because by me dealing with this on a day-to-day basis, is what trauma did he actually endure for him to behave and act out that way? But at the same time, I'm speaking from me as mm -hmm. me and a damn parent, and that I be damned. You think you gonna disrespect me because baby, you gonna catch this thing. Yeah, but you've instilled a, a, a you've instilled a standard of respect with your kids. Boundaries. You, but guess what? You can't instill that in a child's in a child's world that you're not a part of. That's been broken. You, you cannot pop up in my life and tell me how to live if you were not there to guide me along my way. Like that's just simply not how it works. You know, my mom used to say, if my mom used to always say, there's only one queen in this house, there's only one this, there's one that. But the reality is, the reality is, if you are going to tell me what to do with my life, you have to have been there at some part of my life to help guide me through it. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that Kirk Franklin has to be abnormally um, human or this super Christian because of him being a Christian. What I am saying is that he has to take accountability. Well, Here. I'm going to tell you like this. Sometimes Christians gangster get tested, baby, and these kids will test your gangster because yeah. I'm going to be straight up. I could be praising Jesus on Sunday, but you test my gangster in that church. Baby, I'm going to go off on your ass in that church and dad that pastor to tell me something. I'm just right. saying. Right. You know what I, I mean? I, my I, grandma I, on I, was like that. Baby, you go up in that church 
and start playing why they giving the Lord's Supper. Or you go up in that church and start playing when, when the pastor is giving out the scriptures. Baby, you gonna get done up in that church. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad that I'm glad that he was exposed. Um I I don't want it to be exploited, but I do think that we need to take a real close look at the way we treat black women versus how we treat black men. I agree. Because so sick of a black woman if a black woman give give say I, i'm gonna let my husband have full custody of the kids she's seen as a bad mother a father say i don't got time to even spend time with their black asses but i'm gonna pay that child support he's celebrated as a great father we don't see a problem with that but there is a huge issue in the idea that a man can choose not to be a part of a child's life, but just by naturally take care of the child and we celebrate him. But a mother cannot choose to say, my child is going to stay with his father and I'm going to live my life like his golden, like men normally do. She is a bad mother. We have to start looking at these things. The other part of this is colorism. The boy's mother is dark skinned. We ain't going to go into colorism. Leave it there. Keep going. Well, well, no, let's talk about a little colorism because that's going to lead us to this point dealing with Sharon Osborne, <laughs> oh, racist ass. That heifer there. She pissed off a lot of damn people, man. She pissed off Willie D. She pissed off a lot of folk. And my thing was, and it wasn't covert about it at all. You know, she tried to make it like she was in denial about a lot of this shit. But bitch, you racist like a big dog because you over here defending this clown who was clearly being racist toward Meghan Markle all day long. And then you had the audacity to say she doesn't look black. Where's her blackness? Girl, where's this chair so I can throw at your ass? Like, Wendell, like, what you think about this shit? Because that bitch is racist. I'm sorry. Um. I think that Sharon Osborne is a is a weird one, right? Um, Sharon is a weird one for me because I remember years ago, daughter again on the View, and um, they were talking about it was 2016 actually, and they were talking about Donald Trump um, being being upset. Um, they they were talking about Donald Trump being upset and putting Mexicans out, wanting the wall and all of this. And she said um her daughter made come And she said it as though she was defending black ex community, but that was such an insult. Like she literally said, if you put them out, and she was genuine, if you put the Mexicans out, who's gonna clean your toilet? She literally said that, and she got this huge backlash. So then it brings me back to when Sharon Osborne said on the talk, maybe um, six months ago, maybe nine months ago, right before, right after the wedding, she said they said that um, Sharon, Sharon Underwood was saying that um, they didn't want all that blackness to come in the royal family. Well, when she said that, um, Sharon jokingly said. She's not black. Is she black? And they all like, yes, she is black. And she said, well, I know she's black. I'm just saying that she doesn't look black. That showed people forget that Europeans, which is where they're from, the Osborns are from Europe. 
People forget the Europeans are the fathers of slavery. Like they really forget that shit. Like when, we, when they call us African Americans because we're descendants of Africans, they are European Americans because they are descendants of Europe. In Europe, we were nothing but slaves, just called Moors. Like they, we literally was the payoff of a debt. The Portuguese owed Europe all of this money, and they paid it off with products called Africans. So how are we so surprised when they show us who they are? Well, you know why, Wendell, is because a lot of us don't know the history, hon. Yeah. This is what pissed me off with her, though. I wasn't surprised that she did it. This is what surprised me. When she looked at Cheryl Underwood and thought that Cheryl was getting ready to cry, and she said, and you do not cry. I should be the one crying. Did that Pecklewood actually tell this black woman that she did not have the right to be angry and emotional about racism? And then she made it about herself and said, I should be the one crying because I am being attacked because I defended my friend that happens to be a fucking racist. So this is where the problem really exists. It is not necessarily within the idea of her being racist or not. I don't I don't necessarily feel comfortable calling her a racist. What I do, what I do feel comfortable calling her is a woman that packs racial energy. And I talked about it on Facebook the other day and I talked about it on Twitter in in detail. But people forget that racism is caught up in energy in 2021. No, you hoes ain't water hoes in us. You're smart enough to know better. No, you hoes ain't gonna call us a nigga type of face. You're gonna whisper to your, your closest friend. But your energy is where you tell me how you really feel. When she looked at that black woman in a moment of emotion and told her she does not have the right to cry. She should be crying. That is exactly the story. That is the telltale of the United States of America. That is yep. the telltale. How dare you cry? Your job was to work. And you did the work. Why cry? I'm crying because now I have to work on the side of your black ass and act like it's normal. Wow. So that was the issue with her. That was my whole issue with her. And I think yeah. CBS needs to fire her ass. I concur with that. But then now let's take it to this. What about Senator Johnson? I'm 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 just Senator, let me tell you something. This fool here gonna turn around and say that he wasn't scared of the rioters, right? But if it would have been Antifa or Black Lives Matter, he would have been scared, right? Of course you're not as scared of the insurrectionists because those are your boon coons. Y'all all planned this shit together. You're not going to be scared of them. But then you want to sit up here and talk about black folk. You want to talk about Antifa, talk about that you're going to be scared. No, boo. We already know what this is. You are an undercover Klansman and you just exposed your motherfucking self. That's just what that is. So don't get mad because... You over here saying that you're not scared and we didn't just call your ass out? Yeah, I don't think that he wasn't scared. I think he was scared. I think that it's conveniently being used and saying that he wasn't scared because it feels better. It sounds better. And it fits the narrative of um, Donald Trump and his supporters. But the the reality is, again, this is a Sharon Osbourne again. Like, like 
all of this is allegations, right? We know that all of this is alleged. But what we also know is we know what he said verbatim on stage. Um, and what he said on that on that show was, if had it been Black Lives Matter or Antifa, I would have been scared. That's not an allegation. He said that. He said it. Um, I, I think that I think that it's just people are being exposed. I think that racism. We are living in the nineteen sixties again. Like it just is what it is. We're living in the sixties all over again, and, and accepted, but that's just where we are. And and they're bold. It's it's very emboldened. Like he he had no problem saying it. He didn't even he didn't even have show hesitation. And when he said it, he didn't show any type of energy. Like oh my god, I can't believe I said it. He kept going with the conversation like this is normal because, because Fox News. News well, Fox News is a racist playground. Like it just mm -hmm. is what it is. He felt very comfortable because he was amongst friends. And that's why he felt very comfortable that he wasn't scared for those people to be there because he was amongst friends. He was, he was amongst people who he helped to play in that shit. Like right. those that's what it is. He was just amongst friends, and you know, he he was able to get you know he was able to say what he wanted to say. But just imagine, Doctor Matthews. You know, and I think about stuff like this all the time. Um, I think I need another glass of wine. <laughs> but I think about this all the time. Um, imagine had that been a black man on a new, let's say Barack Obama was being interviewed and he said, I was scared. I've never been afraid. Had it been, um, um, let's say, members of um, MAGA, he would have been berated. He would have been destroyed. He would have been ridiculed. This is a man that was ridiculed because he wore a khaki suit. Let's be clear. He wore a khaki suit and got tore down. His wife wore a bang and they called her a monkey. And, and this was all okay by the same people who are now trying to champion for, for uh, run. Like, But this is where we are. We can't be surprised. We have to mobilize because what happened is they are afraid because of twenty because of twenty twenty that election destroyed their egos, like it completely destroyed their egos, and now they are fearful. And what happens when you are afraid? You start swinging wild because you don't know what's going to happen. So you just see every lick to work. The Republican Party and you racist pigs are just swinging wild with hopes that something is going to happen because they know that in the next election, if we get more seats in the Senate and if we gain even more seats in the House of Representatives, they will never win the White House again. And I want to say that it was um, Lindsey Graham. He already said it. He said, if we don't stop them now, and he was talking about voters, if we don't stop them now, Republicans will never win the White House again. And that is what they are afraid of. Yeah. And that you, is you, what they are afraid of. Correct. You and so we celebrate. I like the fact that he's talking ignorantly. I like the idea that he is um, making these verbal mistakes. I like it because it is giving us the opportunity to see what he really, who they really are. Mm -hmm. Well, then, well, since we're talking about looking at people who they really are, 
What you think about that back that basketball announcer that was in Oklahoma that that said the N word, the nigger word, and then had the audacity to try to blame it on his diabetes. So so diabetes make you say racial shit. I think that this is what we've been talking about with Sharon Osbourne, with Ron Brace's ass, and now with this um this blue collar referee probably was a retired janitor. I think that the reality is racism is back. And, and you are a fool if you think that it is not. And that's just where we are. And his name was uh, Matt Rowan. And he and this was the press release that came out that I'm going to read to y'all real quick. It says, I'm Matt Rowan on Thursday, March 11, 2021, most regrettably made some statements that cannot be taken back. During a Norman High School girls basketball game against Midwest City, I made inappropriate and racist comments believing that the microphone was off. However, let me state immediately that is no excuse. Such comments should have never been uttered. He said, I am a family man. I am married, have two children, and at one time was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member of a Baptist church. I have not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I have embarrassed and disappointed my family and friends. I will state that I suffer uh, type 1 diabetes and during the game, my sugar was spiking. And then he said, while not excusing my remarks, it is not usual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Um, if I was watching this show right now, I would feel like truth to power just stole two minutes and 30 seconds of my life that I will never get back. I could care less about those useless alphabets placed together to create a fake-ass apology for a trauma-filled, toxic, masculine, white male. This is a load of bullcrap, and I, don't, I could care less to read that. Diabetes, medicine, shut up. This is who you are. You're, you're not apologizing for what you said. You are apologizing that it was heard. There is a difference. When you apologize, your apology should be for the impact of your action, not because your action was exposed. Not because you this got is a video apology. You're not apologizing because you did it. You apologize because I heard it. Yeah. Basically, you're apologizing because you're like a roach that the light that they cut the light on in the kitchen on. You got exposed, boo. So you apologize for getting exposed. Yeah. Yeah, but he's he's, he's he's everybody that we know that are racist, but hide behind um hide behind tradition, hide behind illness, hide behind drugs, hide behind um culture, hide behind sex, hide behind religion. Like he is the same as all of those people. When I am exposed, I have to figure out a route. Yeah. And his wife, so this is equivalent to the man who cussed who cussed out his wife and beat on her, and the next day said, "I don't know why I do that when I get drunk, baby. That's in you. That's Thank in you. you. And that don't be blaming the type two diabetes, motherfucker. Yeah, it is in you. you. Come on, Miss Mama, it's, it's in you. It's you. 
We see you, boo. We see you. And we need to stop making people like him celebrities because his name should not even be a household name. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. He's trailer trash. He's not worth it. Mm. Next subject. Well, George Floyd's family received the largest settlement ever, uh, which was $27 million. Being being Crump gonna get his change off the top of that, and then it's gonna go to the brother, the two brothers, the sister, and the son and the daughter is who that money is gonna go to, right? And yeah. then um, now, see the game that I'm seeing here is that you really don't see a settlement happen before a trial. You notice that, right? Yeah. So. What was the purpose? Like, y'all just want to be like, okay, I'm gonna pay these niggas and shut them up so they can let this man go scot free. Do you do do they not see what dramatic changes that this is going to make with that actual case? Now that the family has been paid, the family yeah. shouldn't accept the money until after. Well, you the know, I'm not well, you know, I blame the Ben Crumps of the legal world, and um, I, I blame those people. I blame um, those black officials in the city, black city council members, um, if they have, well, they do have, they have three. So I blame those people because you have a civil lawsuit going and you have a criminal lawsuit going. Like they're, they're not interchangeable. You have a civil lawsuit and you have a criminal lawsuit. Normally, a criminal lawsuit would take place first. And then the civil lawsuit would take place. But in Ben Crump's world, they always deal with the civil lawsuit first because that is where they give the break the bank to try and make it go away. And then they deal with the criminal lawsuit, which ends up ending with nothing happening. So this is a this is the family's fault for being greedy because they saw dollar signs over their relative's life. Um, and this is being Crump's fault because he sees money. He wants his 15 to 25 percent. And it is the third. And it's the city's fault because they just want it to be over with no matter what. So shame on all of them. Shame on that family. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Shame on that family. If something happened to my niece or my nephew, because, you know, anybody know me, know my niece and my nephew are my world. And my sister, I'm sorry, I love her too. I, I didn't mean to leave you out, sis. But if anything was to happen to them like that, I would not be concerned with a dollar. I would want to see those officers tried and put to put in jail and maybe even lethally injected. I believe and live by the sword, die by the sword. And I would have wanted that to happen. But they saw an opportunity of financial gain because these are people that were poor, that are poor, and they have now overnight become millionaires. But this is going to change the face of that criminal case now. What well, is it? it it's going to change it because it even because if I'm not mistaken, I think the judge had said something in reference to now that the family has received you know, their payout and things like that. So really and truly, it's actually going to change the face of that criminal case now. And then on top of that, it's going to taint the the jurors now because now these people have been paid. You see what I'm saying? And well, they, they 
balloons. They can, they can tell their story. They can sell their interviews. They can Everybody can make a dollar off of it. Meanwhile, we're going to still be traumatized for the rest of our lives seeing this black man laying on the sidewalk with his hands behind his back in handcuffs with a knee in his neck and another white man holding his ankles together. That is what we're going to see for the rest of our lives. We're going to hear for the rest of our lives him screaming, I can't breathe. My back hurt. My neck hurt. My stomach hurt. I can't breathe, sir. I can't breathe, sir. We're going to see and hear these things for the rest of our lives. So every time we come and count, we encounter a police officer, we're going to see and hear those things. Every time you send your son out when he's old enough to drive, you're going to have the fear of those things. And meanwhile, his family has now moved into another echelon of life because they are now millionaires. And my question to them is, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Mm. And that's something that they're going to have to deal with within their own convictions because their their brother, their daddy, their husband, their ex-husband, their cousin, he's gone. And the way he left has impacted the, the, life, the lives of black people all over the world, right. all over the world, not just in the United States. And they sold it. They sold that experience for $27 million divided by 30 so that they could feel grand for the little time they have before they blow the money. And 10 years from now, we'll see them back doing interviews, writing books, trying to get a lifetime gig because the money will be gone. And they'll be trying to figure out another way to make money off of his life. Damn, just like that stimulus check. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That stimulus check that I didn't get. Me neither. So that's what it is. So. Well, I, I can't get it. I don't qualify. I'm gonna get it. I'm tired of that stuff. I didn't get the twelve hundred. I didn't get the six hundred. And y'all ain't gonna give me the fourteen hundred. Something gotta give. I'm sick of them saying I don't. I'm tired of saying who make what. You don't know what I make. You don't know what I bring home. And I thought they were supposed to do after taxes. I don't. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't qualify for it. And just know that every crab leg is going to be out of the motherfucking shop. <laughs> Let's know that every bundle she's happy happen to get, get they bankroll in. Uh, hair junkies getting their bankroll in. Every bundle that's coming from China finna get their bankroll in. Because, baby, everybody finna go and get that. They about to go to Walmart and get them TVs. They about to go get the swangers put on them cars. Baby, well, they even giving it to don't forget about the new cars that'll be repossessed in six months. Oh, and then oh, let's not talk about that inmates is going to be getting a stimulus check too, getting put on their books. I actually like that though. I thought that that was, I thought that that was really good because I think that that's something that that, that gives them hope when I get when they get out, they know they got that money. They got well, a little. Like bit said, then that's the case. Then when when I cousin call, I'm be like, say partner, you got that stimulus. Get that ice cream off that stimulus check. <laughs> but I also I also like the fact that I know we're getting out subject with the stimulus, but I also like the fact that in this one, in down in the one with the twelve hundred, you got five hundred per child. In this one, you got fourteen hundred dollars per child. Shit, you know how many kids I got? Yeah, like they they was the girls cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm mad because I can't get it. But that's all right, though, because your girl get money all year. 
So I'm good. You know, I feel blessed to be in a position where yeah. I have, where they say I don't qualify. It's a blessing just to say you don't qualify for it. So yeah. I do receive the blessing, but it still doesn't change the feeling because we're all still dealing with the same stuff. And yeah. I don't think it's fair to tell me, and, and I hope I don't piss off anybody. I hope I, people are understanding what I'm saying when I say this. But I think it is unfair when people that are true middle class citizens are always looked over. And I say it all the time that the American government, the economy is set up for the rich to get richer and the poor to get better. But the middle class just hold it down. Yeah. Just hold down the city. Because we got to hold their ass up. Yeah, because we're not we're not millionaires. Like we're not we're not um at a place where we're where we can go. I can't go rent an island and fly all my friends out for the weekend. <laughs> like you know, we're not living that life. So why is it that we because we've been affected in some way also. Like we have been affected in some way financially also. So no, it may not have hit us as hard as it hit them, but it hit us very hard. And here's another part that I hope I don't piss people off on. But if you're already used to nothing and you're getting these stimulus checks, you're celebrating. So the hit didn't really hit you because you were already getting government assistance, not trying to be shady. But if you were already getting food stamps, if you were already getting disability checks, social security checks, like what did you really miss? You know, what did you really miss? But if you're paid by the hour and your job could not have you come into work and it couldn't allow you to work from home, you are now missing. So just because the year prior to that you made over 75 grand or 85 grand, you don't you don't get it. Baby, that, that was last year. Look here. The girls are going back to Taco Bell. Yeah. The girls ain't going back to Taco Bell. The girls oh. are going back to KFC to go work. Not until September. No, girls ain't going. <laughs> the girls ain't going, honey. So what's your deal with uh Chris Wallace? What you think about that? I've always been a fan of Chris Wallace. I want to start off with saying that Chris Wallace is one of the most celebrated journalists at Fox. Well, he is the most celebrated journalist at Fox News. He followed in his father's footsteps because his father was a journalist at Fox News. Also, um, his father was also best friends with, um, I forgot his name, the guy who started Fox News. They were really good friends. Well, anyway, um, Chris Wallace has always done always upheld truth to power on Fox on Fox News. He's always he was the one that nutted Donald Trump up in that debate. Yeah. He was one nutting him up. He was the one that did the first interview with Donald Trump when he wrote Donald Trump out about this um 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 his his tenses he did not play with him. He was also the one that called um um Mnuchin out every Sunday morning. Um, the Secretary of Treasury about the $1,200 stimulus and the $600 stimulus that they held up for seven months. He was the one called him out, and he was also the one that called out Lindsey Graham straight up and told Lindsey Graham that how can you so easily forget everything that you said about this man when you were running for president against him? So I think Chris Wallace should be celebrated for continuing to do what he always does. When he called out the senator in Mississippi, for voting against a stimulus package that ultimately helped 75% of the state that he represents from a, one of the most impoverished, I want to say that they are the number one or number two most impoverished states in the United States 
um, in the United States of America. And yet you voted against it just because you wanted to be locked in step with other Republicans. So he was completely correct for calling him out. And it showed that he is that journalist. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I, I like Chris Wallace. Uh, I like how how he was so petty with Donald Trump. I loved it. I was like, mm -hmm. keep it going. Please keep it going. That and I, I said, said, so Mr. President, they wanted you to tell them how many sheep and goat. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> he, he's the ultimate petty box. And I love it. I love it. He was, that, first, he was the first journalist on Fox News to say Donald Trump lost. And he said it the, the night of the election when they were not even done, that we were not even close to done. And he said, well, it's pretty obvious Donald Trump is going to lose. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell you like this. I love the petty boots. I love that. And I actually like Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace is a well-respected journalist. And I definitely respect him to the utmost. And I mean, guys, we had a good night tonight. But let me go to write, write this quote right now. Wait. We're not going to say nothing about Andrew Cuomo? No, I didn't. that wasn't on our agenda tonight. But oh, you, you go ahead. Give you uh, 30 seconds. Guys, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, take it back to January 2021. Your boy called out Chris Como straight up, caught a lot of flack from you folks. Then go back to October 2020. I called him out, caught a lot of flack from you folks, and here we are. Today, the seventh woman has filed sexual harassment charges, and she's actually saying he physically groped her. We're at a count of, and all of these are allegations. We're at a count of 15,000 dead bodies that he placed back into those old folk homes and covered up the numbers intentionally. And they have allegedly exposed emails and other communication where he did not want those numbers to go out because he did not want it to be known that they were doing this. So everything I said twice on all my social media, when you folks were mad at me for talking about the great Italian hope, better known as Andrew Como, when I said he was a fraud, he was an opportunist, and I did not trust his moves. And well, today, we see that I was right. Well, Wendell, oh, you know what fraud. I thought? You know what I thought that was really interesting with, with Como? What? When he wore a shirt and I seen them nipple rings. <laughs> I knew he was off the chain then. <laughs> I knew he was off the chain. Well, he's a man of a particular age. He's like 64, 65 years old, never been married. He's always been a whore. Like, I, I just, this is why I never trusted him, Candace, and why I did not, I couldn't get jiggy with him. Florida and Texas, we were doing so bad, but we could, our governors were not being exposed because Andrew Como was hogging up all of the national news. Because he saw an opportunity for himself to catapult in politics. And so he stayed in there. And I say this all the time in, in, in anything I do as far as communication, when I'm dealing with anybody with personal communication or business communication, I tell them all the time, never share publicly what you're not willing to discuss privately. 
And I mean that. If you share what you're doing publicly, you have to put all the receipts out there. If you're not willing to put all the receipts out there, do not discuss it. Don't say, don't tell people, oh, I went to Jamaica yesterday. But forget to tell them that somebody had to pay for your entire trip because it will be exposed on Mad Day. And so you always have to be prepared for Mad Day. And he was not prepared for Mad Day. Had he stayed in the shadows and got a little pause, been a good governor and gone about his business, he would not be dealing with this today. But because he chose to become a celebrity of COVID-19 and take more attention from Donald Trump wicked ass or from Joe Biden trying to do his job, he wanted that limelight. This is what happens when you fight for the attention. Your ass get it. Oh, and there you said a mouthful right there. And speaking of which, I just want to go on and give our quote for tonight. And then I got something else to say after this quote. <laughs> the man who complains about the way the ball bounces is likely to be the one who dropped it. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Let me, let me do it again. Let me do it again. The man who complains about the way the ball bounces is likely to be the one who dropped it. Lou Holtz. So let me say this. Acevedo, your bitch ass dropped the ball. Don't get too comfortable in that seat in Miami. But until then, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Matthews, it has been an excellent night as always. <laughs> and you are on, you go, you went from 10 to 100 real fast. <laughs> real fast. Well, as always. <laughs> well, you know, some folks, you just got to get them right on together, honey. You know, you know we never like um, Chief Acevedo anyway. I didn't even feel comfortable calling him Chief. I always called him Acevedo. Hmm. I'm going to call his ass a criminal in the midst. You know, we disrespectful. Yeah. It is what it is. We only disrespect motherfuckers who ain't right, and he damn sure one of them. <laughs> and I said what I said, and who going to check? I'm loving this new look. Thank you. I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to make my curls get right because that, that water drying up. So now I got to go on the screen. I got to put my soul glow up in there. <laughs> because I've been shady tonight. Now my shit all drying up from my soul glow for being all shady and shit. But it's all good. It's all good. But until then, everybody, share, share, share. Share this live. Share Spotify, it. Um, Apple, Google, all the major platforms. YouTube. Yes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, share it, y'all. Bring awareness because one thing that we always want to make sure that you guys do is when you log on to Truth the Power, you're going to leave with something. We're not going to just do no messy politics. You're going to leave with some knowledge. You're going to leave with knowing something. So just in case you want to have political conversation, you can roll with the best of them when you're dealing with us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you lick your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my girl, Megan. Hey. Hey. 
Make it TSU's own, Texas University's own. Make the stallion did just take home three Grammys, three Grammys last night. And shout out to my girl Beyonce. Twenty-seven makes her the number one female in Grammy history. She's won more Grammys than any other female artist in Grammy history. H Town stand up, baby. H Town stand up. And, and Megan, one of her first Grammy was given to her by Lizzo, which is also a Houstonian that won Best New Performer last year. Big props. H Town stand up, baby. H Town stand up. It's for all of y'all who want to be entertainers and feel like y'all have to move to New York or Atlanta or LA to get it. Then y'all go down there and go broke, stand on people's floors, get caught on drugs, then have to come home if you can, if you're still alive. You can just do it right from your home. They they all got found right here in Houston. They, you know, it is what it is. Or just go set up at TSU and, and shed it down there because, baby, they all coming out third wall. They all coming out. Baby, all you got to do is show up for homecoming, get on that stage, spit on that mic. You know, y'all go viral. Y'all microwave celebrities today. All you got to do is go viral. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Go go on what they call that shit, uh, my, my little girl, TikTok. 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 Famous. But let me tell you, if I was 12 years old in 2021, I'd be a multimillionaire by 15. I'll have all kinds of... <laughs> Y'all better take advantage of this technology that we have now. Yes, yes. We didn't have to get. We had to actually put in the work. We had to do talent shows every night. Yeah, talent shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all be good, y'all. We enjoyed you guys once again, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Holla! May the shade be with you. And Acevedo, this is for you. You are on Acevedo. Bye, y'all. <laughs> You are not with you. (laughs) Bobby. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. And that little girl was me.